We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Oyer Network. I got my man Aaron Quinn from Cover One with me, weekly chat, and this is a fun time of year for the third straight year. Aaron and I are going to do a series of Buffalo Bills mock drafts, six of them, in fact, leading up to the actual NFL draft. Uh, it's been a bit, man. I was kind of like, you know what? You went on vacation. My turn last week. It was a lot of fun. Uh, how you doing, buddy? What's going on? You get a little sunshine? Yeah, it was nice. It, it was like... um. That time of year in Florida, like March, is typically it's sunny but and not humid, so it's like the best time of year. One all that sunny this week in Florida, but it actually felt good. You know what I'm saying? You get to wear some this shorts, way, dude. Huh? You get to wear some shorts. Oh yeah, 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 yeah definitely, perfect, definitely. Okay. It was windy, but it just man, looking up at the blue sky, it's a nice. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Honestly, my vacation to Hawaii, we uh, a few days it was windier than normal there, rainier than normal, but we were still in shorts being able to be outside like even dude like it's sunny out here blue skies here in western new york um but i drop my kids off at school it it is still windy and cold like we definitely misread the weather it said like 42 degrees and usually here that's like pretty decent i can wear just like a light pullover or a hoodie and we were out there waiting we were freezing man the wind was just cutting through our clothes so i would take as much as i hate florida i don't think i want to go there for it but i would (laughs) i would take that weather you got bro I dude, I like you know what? I had a good time, man. I I like Florida. I there's a lot of things to not like about Florida, and I understand why a lot of people don't like Florida. But we're like, I call it a vacation, but it was like where I lived for also for five and a half years. And like, right. you and the fam went to Hawaii. That's completely new to you. You didn't know a soul on earth there. Whereas I pretty much went to go see a bunch of people sure. that I already knew. I like the people, man. I like the vibe. It's a, it's a chill vibe in Florida. And there are a lot of things to not like. I, I totally get it. Because maybe in the section of Florida. Or you were on the West Coast, right? Um, I'm, Yeah, I'm on the coast, like the Tampa Bay Gulf Coast. Um, I do think that's probably the best. It is. Florida has to offer. Sure. You don't want to be in the mainland. No. Florida, like in the middle. The, nope. the vibe The vibe is not cool nope. there. And then, I don't know, the East Coast is a little, it's a little weird. Not a, not a, not a big fan. Not my either. vibe. 
When you went on vacation, though, by the end, as much fun as you had, were you just, were you, did you get to a point where, all right, it's time to come home now and kind of get back into things? Or were like, did you have some depression coming back home? I, the last, uh, like, day and a half, the our last day we had till about, like, five, six o'clock. We had to be at, back at the airport at, like, three. And so we were just hanging on the beach, enjoying it. And I felt seriously like a little bit sick to my stomach of like, this is it. Yeah. I got to get it all in now. And I don't know when I'll ever be able to get back here. If at all, yeah. I hate that feeling every year we go home for two weeks to Maine. Right. And it's a huge trip for us. Big anticipation trip. And two weeks is a long time. And I get the same vibe there. Like when it's time to leave, it's like, oh, this is over. Because the thing about vacations, Pat. And I don't know on this one because you said like it's a it wasn't as much of a vacation as it was visiting friends and stuff like that. But with vacations, at least in my house, we get so excited. The anticipation of going, uh, you know, we book a trip in advance and then sure. as it gets closer, you're looking at all the stuff. You have so much anticipation and then it gets there and you're doing so much stuff and it goes so quick. You're having fun that it's almost the anticipation to it, the build up to it. And then it just is gone in a blink of an eye. It always makes me sad to that. It's going to wrap up and be gone and go home. And plus it costs a lot of money. And so yeah. you feel like, dang, like I spent all that money and it just blew right by. I'll do it again every single time. But yeah, no, uh, when we were leaving Hawaii, I was sad. My wife and I have just been looking for ways to get back already. We got back home and just started looking at trips again. So we loved it, man. Uh, so yeah, no, nothing pulled me back home, especially this time of year. Like, I get excited to be in Buffalo for the summer coming up here, the spring, right around the draft. It gets real nice and warm here from then. You, until you just told me it's ready to pop. You, you just told me before we started taping, like the, you feel is. like the weather is ready to pop. It's, it's going to turn here in the next couple of weeks. And this is where you've got to be in Buffalo uh, it, all the way up until like Halloween from now until Halloween, weather's going to start getting nice. This is the prime time. That's when I miss Buffalo. Uh, the last month, no, you couldn't, you can pay me to want to come back here right away. <laughs> I second guessed myself because I went to Florida during St. Patrick's day weekend. And you know, yeah. that's such a big deal, at least for some people, certainly me, it is in Buffalo, but I don't regret it, man. I, I had a lot of fun. It, it was sort of a vacation because I took off from my regular job. I brought on my podcasting gear down, dude was going to do a show last Friday. I said, hell no, whatever. I did drop a show. Today, actually, on Tuesday morning, but well, we're taping this Tuesday morning. Yeah. But I made the mistake of, of doing an episode early Monday morning. And, of course, like minutes after I was done recording, uh, the Bill signed Trent Shurfield, um motor goes to t Houston. Mm -hmm. And then the Bill signed Damian Harris later on in the evening. I was like, mm -hmm. completely shot the episode. That's why I'm like, I'm not promoting it. I didn't put a link up on Twitter. If people stumble upon it and listen, because I had some takes about the first week of free agency and, you know, it's talking about the running back position and receivers and how things might play out. And then it goes and change. Now, you and Greg, you just do your show live at night. So, you know what I'm saying? So you pretty yeah. much you don't have that happen too often. But, yeah, that sucks to, to, to put something together and then have it blow up before it even hits the ears of anybody. Yeah, we rarely get stuff live. It was actually weird. Uh, Greg's doing a bit of traveling the next couple of weeks here last week. So we've been shifting our schedule around for our yeah. show, which actually should remind our listeners that we're not going to be on Wednesday this week. But uh, we were thinking about shifting to Monday night this week uh, with one of the other shows. But then, you know, Greg and I were kind of talking like, ah, you know, if nothing happens in free agency, what are we going to really talk about on Monday? And is it even worth it? We're kind of going back and forth. And then we ended up not switching and keeping the air eight hour guys 
on Monday. Uh, and Greg texted me as soon as the Damian Harris thing was, he was like, why didn't we just hit? like, we should have known something was going to happen this time of year where you would have something to talk about. But uh, that Damian Harris one was later than expected. Most of these moves to your point, sure. like come in the early morning, uh, right when the league day starts, um, that one came a little bit later. So it's, it's a tough thing in terms of content creation. Uh, trying to time it just right. Uh, I know I talked to Joe Marino a lot. He's got that issue because he's doing daily, right? Yeah. And so like he's got to record that at some point the day before. Um, and you really want to time it up right this time of year to make sure that you aren't missing the news so that you don't end up in the same case that you just did. And you're like where you're saying something that no longer is really that relevant. Uh, I just listened to Von Miller on I Am Athlete. And at the end of it, they recorded it during the Super Bowl. I can't believe they waited so long to wow. release it. Yeah, it was like February 9th they recorded this and so they were talking about like what are the bills going to do in free agency and they had to put up a uh thing on the screen that was like well this was recorded on february 9th because everything he said already those guys already went other places it's like that's too long of a window uh this time of year to have anything that's relevant to the current nfl yeah i agree 100 percent. and to your point last week thursday night i was going to because that was the start of free agency so things were happening right. quick so I kept saying, I'm going to wait as long as possible. And then by Thursday night, it got later and later. And then I started drinking and having fun. And I was like, yeah, it's just not going to happen. There was one significant Bills news item since I talked to you last week. We talked about Tremaine. He went to Chicago last week. We already covered that. But um, not long after we dropped our episode last week, Jordan Poyer returned to Buffalo, two-year mm-hmm. contract. Um, I know I certainly did not see that coming. <laughs> Surprising, at least somewhat to you, too, I'm sure. Uh just talk about that a little bit. Obviously, there was not a market that he had hoped for because the two-year contract, you know, the terms really weren't uh, mind-blowing. The safety market in general just wasn't all that great. But uh, yeah. I'll just take a minute before we get into our mock draft, talking about uh, Jordan Poyer returning. Yeah, this was a huge one for me, Pat, because I obviously love Jordan Poyer. Uh, since day yeah. one, I remember walking into, I went to the Carolina game in Carolina uh, that first year that he was here. Um, it was a tie rod game. It was the Zay Jones who caught it. Was it Zay Jones fault or tie rods fault at the end of that game? But on the, I was walking into the stadium. It was the first drive. Carolina was driving. I was a little late to get into my seat. The first play I saw was, uh, in the red zone, Cam Newton threw it to Kelvin Benjamin down the middle and Jordan Poyer smacked him so hard and got the separated the ball from him. And I knew, like, obviously through camp, I'd known about this guy. and But he was like a middling safety at the time. I wasn't sure what to expect. And I saw that play, and I was like, dude, this guy's it. And then it was like every single week he started building on that. And he became easily one of my favorite players on the Bills. He and Micah Hyde, I love the defensive back position. I specifically love safety. Um, it's just something I've always been drawn to. Safeties are typically my favorite players of all time. Charles Woodson. Uh, is my all-time favorite player and his conversion to safety is what solidified that to me like him being able to be an all-pro corner and then turn into an all-pro type safety unbelievable um jordan poyer in my opinion and he and micah hyde one a and one b really are the best safeties i've ever witnessed play for the buffalo bills and so you know long story short here the way things were looking heading into free agency with him getting Drew Rosenhaus, him not really, it didn't appear as though the Bills even made an attempt to get him a contract before free agency hit. It seemed like they were ready to move on. I, I'm kind of interested what would have happened if DeMar, the incident with DeMar Hamlin had never occurred, if they were going to just continue to move on and just that was it. But things sort of did line up just perfect to where when we hit free agency, I still thought it was a really low percentage chance to bring back Jordan Porter. But when you looked at this market, you saw the high end of a Von Bell and a Jesse Bates, and you knew that was going to be the high end of the safety market. Yep. 
But and I think everyone assumed that Jordan Poyer should be in there, but you couldn't ignore the age. Even though I think it's unfair, the recent injury injury history, I think it puts a recency bias matched with the age. And it just drove the value down for him, I think. And it ended up being a perfect fit to come back to Buffalo. And this is fantastic because one, I was already I already prepared myself for the loss of Jordan Poyer. I did not anticipate him coming back. So getting him back felt like a huge win in free agency that I didn't even really think would happen. We talked about the possibilities of that market drying up and him coming back to Buffalo, but it was still kind of like a meh, maybe that's like a 25% chance thing. But I was also on the the board of you got to do everything you can to keep Tremaine Edmonds. And I didn't think you could lose both of those guys in the middle of this defense. And so once Tremaine Edmonds was gone, he saw that contract and was like, okay, I understand why he left, but damn, I don't also want to lose Jordan Poyer. And then so to also get Jordan Poyer back uh, sort of in that same re- area and moment, uh, fantastic for a fan like me who I do think defense matters. I do think that continuity in the back seven matters. And so you're really only left with one weak link, which I think I'm sure we'll talk about here when we get to the mock draft linebacker is a pretty big weak link to be missing, but returning Jordan Poyer with Micah Hyde with Tredavious white, who's healing with Taron Johnson, like that type of continuity five, six years into the NFL is very rare to be able to maintain that type of stuff. And I think it's a great thing that the bills were able to do it. Uh, still some concerns about the safety position going forward, but at least for this year, that is something the bills really don't seem like they have to worry about. It almost feels like it was, it was to me such a surprise that it almost feels like it's a new guy coming here. Cause I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about him. Um, returning. And another thing too, by the way, it's, we need to stop paying so much attention. And I, I think we read tea leaves and with Twitter and social media, mm. sometimes a little bit too much going by, well, Jordan didn't actually tweet, but not getting into too many details. Rachel Bush's flirtation with all the fans from the, all the other teams and everything. She, she, it seemed like she was always talking about past tense when it came to things that Jordan did here over six years in Buffalo. It just helped add to making it feel like a foregone conclusion that he was going to be gone. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes yeah. I think we pay a little bit too much. Uh, I think there were some, you know, there were some optics and it wasn't, I think some of what Jordan said, and I might be um, a victim of this too, or part of this too. He got on his podcast and talked about, he was asked a question as to whether or not, like if it's not in Buffalo, where does he want to go? And he right. talked about better weather and not taxes, which that's okay. If that's his opinion, I am always going to be an advocate of players being able to speak their minds. It's what we sort of want, right? I don't care necessarily in the press conferences and that arena, but I do think it's important for players to speak their minds, but this is the game a little bit. You play with optics when you do speak your mind, like we're seeing it with Stefan Diggs. I don't have any issues with what Stefan Diggs has done or said, or the cryptic tweets, but people do. And I understand why those optics bother people. And I understand why people get anxious about the things he says and about the things he tweets. I understand. Uh, And I understand why people were frustrated with what Jordan Poyer said. Um, I do think he lent himself a little bit to the people getting riled up on Twitter and just assuming because of the things he said that his relationship with the Bills was done. And I do think, you know, to be fair to those people, I do think both parties sort of assumed the relationship was done. And it sounds like there wasn't really an offer made until that whatever a day before that day where they find the market cleared out. It wasn't looking the way it was. And Bean was like, well, Hey, let's like give them a call and see if we can't get this to work out again. But it seemed to me like up until recently, both sides were kind of speaking in past tense and moved on. Yeah. Good point. I agree. Um, Monday, not a, 
not a splashy day for the Bills, but I feel like it was a pretty good day. Getting Trent Sherfield, the receiver that I saw some in Miami last year and did some things that I liked. And then Damian Harris, again, the guy's not Saquon Barkley by any means, but it feels to me, at least anyway, that he could be a good fit on this team. Again, before we start mocking here, uh, just talk about those two additions a little bit and what you think they might bring to this offense. And if you think it might change something that the Bills might do going forward when it comes to this draft in six weeks. So I also want to add Deontay Hardy in there because yeah. we haven't talked about him yet, uh, either from last week. And it's an interesting thing. I think Brandon Bean isn't doing anything different than he's always done, which is filling in parts of the roster so that when he goes into the draft, he's getting as close to best player available as possible. There's right. still going to be a hole or two. I think, you know, I think they'll try to find a linebacker here before the draft. I think they'll try to find an interior defensive line before the draft. He's going to get those holes filled as best as he can. Um, so that if something falls to him, he can take that. And these deals that he's signing, um, some of them have some guaranteed money and those guys are probably definitely going to be on this team. But like a Damian Harris, I haven't seen the contract yet, but I would assume it's a one-year deal with not a lot of guarantees where I don't know that it prevents them from taking a running back. If the, if B. John is there and the board falls away where he, he's really by far the best player available and you have a huge chance to improve that room, I don't think Damian Harris stops you from doing something like that. But what I do like about these moves uh, with uh, Damian Harris, Deontay Hardy, and Trent Sheffield is I think you look at the player's that they're coming in in place of. And I do think that they offer more of what the team needs in those spots. Right. So I would say Hardy's probably your Isaiah McKenzie role, that wide receiver four role, which Brandon Bean talked about. I think that he offers more versatility as a pass catcher. I think he's shiftier. Uh, people talk about how quick Isaiah McKenzie is to me. It always looked straight line speed. He would get a jet sweep. And if there wasn't a hole, he wasn't like going to shift the guy out or take right. the guy out. That wasn't his style where there, there's a little bit of difference to Hardy's game. So I think that's a plus. Like you add plus there. Uh, Trent Sheffield, I think it would be a Kumaro um, swap out, right? You have a guy that's played all four phases of special teams, has done inside, outside wide receiver duty, um, has had a limited amount of production, but some production um, is a run highly. blocker. Good run, blocker. run blocker. Yeah. Seemingly well-rounded wide receiver five, six type of guy. Um, and I think that's good. I think you can get Jay Coomer off the team, still not lose that special team spot and have maybe a more dynamic player in that role if needed. Uh, and then Harris for me, Damian Harris, I was really excited when that, that happened. I tweeted out like, yes, I absolutely love this. I think people went a little too far with that because my mentions were like, yes, like this is running back one. This guy's a beast. He's the top 10 running back in the NFL when healthy. And I don't see that necessarily. Um, I almost wonder if people maybe think are thinking that he's Ramondre Stevenson the way they're talking about him. Like he is a good rotational back that offers a compliment to what the Bills have now and some undersized guys in James Cook and Naheem Hines. Uh, and Brandon Bean talked about that. He talked about the sub 200 pound running backs and that they need a guy that can do some of that stuff and handle some of that load. I do think Devin Singletary was the apple of their eye in free agency and getting him to return because it's not a coincidence that like an hour after two, an hour and a half after Devin Singletary signs his contract with the Texans that then the bills do a move with Damian Harris. I think that they had an offer out or maybe had an offer. We're in talks with Devin Singletary to bring him back. And then if that didn't happen, you had these other options. I like Damian Harris. I like what he brings to this team. I like the fit. I still want him to be the, 
running back that gets the third amount of touches outside of situational stuff, right? Goal line, four minute drills. If we're putting a team away or a bad weather game, something like that, where, you know, James Cook just isn't the right option for the moment. But I don't want to see anyone taking touches away from James Cook. And I want Naheem Hines to be a big part of this offense. So I like this move. It's not a roster lock as far as I'm concerned until we see that contract. But it's it's a good move to fill in a spot. You needed that running back prior to the draft. I'm not going to be mad at it. I'm excited about it. I think it can be a fit for the season. But I do think people need to maybe curb the expectation. I think maybe a lot of people saw his success against Buffalo over the last few years where Buffalo really a lot kind of invited new England to run a little bit in some of these games. And he had some success and they're uh, sort of projecting that out to him being maybe a bit of a better, more productive running back than he actually is. But I do like the fit. um, But I just want to encourage people to like, let's wait and see what that contract is. Cause I don't know that it prevents them from doing anything else there. Yeah. Good points, and uh, and I'll tell you, I, I like the, the side of Damon Harris. By the way, if you happen to be watching this on the video side as we're taping this, I don't know if it's my camera or what, feeling a little wonky, my, my my image is going in and out a little bit, so anyway, hopefully that's not uh, too distracting, but I would caution people and say this about Damon Harris, too. The the Patriots went out and they signed James Robinson, and if, you know, sometimes you start thinking, if, if they really wanted, unless it was some kind of falling out we don't know about, the Patriots really wanted to get Damian Harris back. They probably could have. You know what I'm saying? I always try to think of things that way. Um, in terms of wide receivers, so now as things stand right now today, you got Diggs yeah. and you got Gabe Davis. And then you got maybe Shakira and Hardy. You're three or four. You know, that'll be, we'll figure that out. The new guy from Miami. I don't think this excludes the Bills from going, you know, going to the draft because somebody did point out something and it's a great fact. You know, you got some good fits here minor upgrades and you just described them um you're also uh, a stefan diggs sprained ankle away from having one of the lesser wide receiving units in the entire nfl you know what i mean in terms of sure. uh being proven and you may hit on defensive tackle i think that's like a sneaky priority right now um i i think that could be a high draft pick i know fans don't want to hear that you know another defensive line first round pick but uh you know ed oliver's in his last year jordan phillips as of now is not back daquan jones is in his last year Tim Settles. I do, only had a I do anticipate uh, Dequan Jones' extension coming down the pipe. I will be surprised if they I don't hope so. get him extended, just because of what you're talking about. Like, what do you have? You have uh, Tim Settle, and who else on contract next year? It's Tim Settle and Ed Oliver's under Ed, his last year as of right now. Right. So I don't know. They're, they're not very deep right now at defensive tackle, and Ed Oliver's already chirped some about money, a deleted tweet or whatever. It's just. You can see a situation where he's going to want more than the Bills want to pay. And if that's going to be the case, or maybe even if it's not, but especially if it's going to be, you want to get that guy in now. You know, Brandon mm-hmm. Bean, year after year, he doesn't just draft for this season. He drafts looking at what he thinks the roster is going to look like in a year or two. So um, defensive tackle and, and obviously running back. We're going to get into this now again because this is our first. We're going to do this for six straight weeks and kind of we'll get a feel for what this is going to take, how long this is going to take. Um we're using PFF this year, no uh, mock simulator from the draft network, which we've used for the last two years. So let me pull it up here. And uh, like I said, if you're following on the video side, it's a lot easier. But on the audio side, we'll try to uh, describe things as best as possible. We're doing a seven-round mock. One thing before we get going to, this is the time of year where you're starting to get into your mocks. Right, Aaron? Like This is where you're starting to, to really study your players right around this time, a week or so after free agency. So, Aaron, 
is learning more about players. And I'm almost taking this from like a, a fan aspect, just like the last two years. It's kind of a, we call this an exercise each year too. You yeah. Know what I, mean? I so, think Bruce Nolan uh, does a good job describing it as like a thought exercise mocks, right? They aren't, a lot of people get mad. Um, I'll post a mock. I've done mocks. This is not my first one, right? I'm not new to this this year or this time of year. My my thing with them is it's really hard to do them prior to free agency and get really any real thought exercise. For me, it's getting to know the players along the way so that when we get through free mm -hmm. agency, then I can start in this process with you. But I don't get serious about mocks until this time because you saw it with the Bills. like They filled a lot of holes that I was mocking or... Tremaine Edmonds is gone that now requires something different, a different strategy throughout my draft process. So it's really unfair. You know, the people that are doing them in, you know, December and during the season and stuff, it's like, what are you doing? Like this, uh, this has zero meaning. You're just getting clicks. It makes zero sense at all. Now's the time to really get into it. So um, to the point though, it's a thought exercise. It's getting to know the players. I don't think that you can rely on any board, whether it's PFF, the draft network, pro football network, whatever it is those boards are not going to be accurate to how the draft falls. We see it every single year. Sure. Every time I post one, somebody's like, you're not going to get this guy in round three. There's no way this guy's there. That like, that isn't the point of the mock exercises. It's to get to know the players. It's to see how the strategy works. I think last year, the last couple of years, we've had some interesting ones where we go into a draft and it's like, okay, we need to target. We want to walk away with this position. And if you don't do it in those early rounds, you have the chance to miss out. So I think it's the thought exercise that shows you a little bit of like, oh, this idea that I can wait for this position, that sounds good in theory, but like you run through these simulators and it doesn't always work that way. So if you are, if you have your uh, eyes set on a type of position or a type of player, when they're available, you take them. So to me, it's the interesting thought experiment of how can, how can these things shake out this year? Um, what to look for, what players to look for. And every single time we do one of these, I walk away with a player I go study because he, he keeps popping up or he keeps showing up and it's something I got to look into a little bit further. So that's where I'm at. I'm probably good here for the first three to four rounds. It's that round five through seven that I'm still playing a little bit of catch up with and getting to know some of these guys. But that's what this process is for. We'll learn together, Pat. <laughs> All right, a real quick break. Going to come back on the other side and we're going to start our first of six straight weeks of Buffalo Bills mock drafts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, I'm back here with Aaron Quinn. You know, I was thinking about last year, and it seems like each year we have a, a player or two who becomes like one of our uh, mock draft darlings. And I remember last year specifically, Cam Taylor Britt was a corner that we really liked a lot. Ended up going in. We had him projected second or third round, depending on what mock we did each week. He ended up going to the Bengals in the second round last year, and I think he's going to be a good player. So hopefully we can identify uh, somebody else like that this year. Um, like I said, so I'm going to get this started. And uh, like I said, if you're watching on the audio side, we'll describe it as best we can. Yeah. Watch it on the video side. Aaron, let me know if you want to take a look at positions. Again, this is our first one, so we'll kind of get our shit together. So, right, so you're good to go. I'm going to hit enter enter the draft. Now, we don't have to go through all of them, but uh, we will. So we'll start to draft. Like, I won't have to read every single name out that's sure. getting drafted. Can you see the guys getting going on the board? Yep. You know, yeah, none of these a top. lot of quarterbacks early. So yeah, none of this time. I mean, the only thing that makes a difference to us as Bills fans is man, if you could get a number of quarterbacks going and pushing talent down, or you know, there's a run on a position of that isn't need for the Bills, and you could push some players down. That's kind of the thing to watch here to see if anyone slides to you. But now we're coming up. Yeah, Jordan we're, Addison's we're, gone. Yeah, we're about to pick before we go to some players. So I also want to let people know that we will do a couple of these mocks that will have trades this first week. We're just going to do a straight mock though. So we're going to assume yeah. that Brandon Bean doesn't make any trades. Um, you were yeah, talking you about, you know what stinks about at least to how these mocks have been working out for me, especially on uh PFF Pat is it seems the, and again, I, I want to preface that this is not the way the actual draft is going to go, but in these scenarios, it seems like the perfect spot for the bills is like early second round where there's the guys that are the need and maybe it's too much of a reach to do sure. it in the first round and so every time i do these if i don't do a trade i'll pick a guy that is good and will make an impact on this team but then i have to wait until that late second round and a lot of the guys that i think are bigger needs maybe uh a more of a priority end up slipping through the cracks and going to other teams because like right here we're sitting at the 27th pick with zay flowers who i love Bijan robinson who i love Bills fans are going to get a little bit mad, I think, right now, if you took a wide receiver or a running back, which I don't think is off the table, uh, but it's not as much of a priority as linebacker or, like you said, maybe a defensive interior defensive guy uh, or a tackle like Dewan Jones here. So let's maybe if you want to scroll up to see who we've missed out on. Say, oh, yeah, you're yeah I was going to say so Michael Meyer, by the way, a tight end who I've watched a ton of because I'm a big Notre Dame guy. Right. And if he were to fall to the Bills, do you think that's a position? His eyes round one, maybe whether it's him or maybe Darnell Washington from Georgia 
one of those two guys, you can see the Bills taking a tight end in the first round, which would be really, really high to take one. But uh, I think the first round is probably too high. And I think there's some fits maybe here later okay. that aren't as high end uh, as these other guys are, but I think would still give you the ability to run some 12 personnel and get them on the field. Jordan Addison, a wide receiver from uh, USC. He's a guy that a lot of people talk about. A lot about. of people like him. Yeah, He went 22 to uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, anyone else up here that kind of no, I think anything up here, obviously, uh, Smith Najigba would be one that people have hoped would fall to the Bills. I just did the more we get closer to the draft, I don't see it. 17 Um, to Pittsburgh in the PFF mock, yeah. So I think maybe scroll back towards the Bills pick here. Uh, uh, yeah, none of this, I'm not disappointed with how this fell. So here, uh, let's go. Uh, who's available? We got. The top-ranked guy here, just scroll down the main list for this pick here. We got Zay Flowers, Bijan Robinson. I think Josh Downs could be a target. Dewan Jones, the tackle out of Ohio State. I think that could be a target for you here. Uh, scroll down a little bit. Uh, Mozzie Smith, I think this is too high for him in the first. I think he's more of a second-round grade guy, but that would be a, a super strong the thing about Mozzie Smith that I've seen, I love Michigan. So I'm always going to be biased to Michigan players mm-hmm. a little bit here. Um, he is got has all the physical traits that you would want. Big dude. Uh, let me see here. I got the stats on him right here. Smith is 6'3", 337 pounds, projected around the second round. He's a senior. But he has all of the things that you can't teach uh, for an interior defensive lineman. The size, the athleticism. He just needs to be taught. And that's what I look for a little bit is finding guys that have the intangibles that you can't teach and then get them in and develop them. So he might be a target here as we're getting late. If, if you really feel like you need to add an interior defensive lineman, I know Osiris Torrance has been a guy that a lot of people are high on want to get in at the tackle position. Um, do you scoring. think first round though? Do you think first round is too high when you got, you figure you got Bates who mm-hmm. I believe he's still got three more years on his contract. Oh, I said tackle, he's a guard. Govern, who's got three years. I'm not saying it precludes the Bills from taking a guard in the draft, but do you think a first-round pick might be too high when you got it might two be. plugged-in starters it might, for the next couple of years? It might be just especially how this board has fallen for you, right? Um, that might be a trade-back type thing where, uh, okay. say, somebody wants to come up for Robinson or Zay Flowers, and you can move back into the low thirties here, like some pick number 40 or something. And then you can get a guard in that right. uh, second round. But I dude, I'll tell you right now, I like the Connor McGovern signing. We didn't get to talk about that prior. I think that's huge upgrade over Roger Saffold for me. Uh, but a guy like McGovern or Ryan Bates does not prevent me from replacing them. Like they're, they're fine. I think they have a decent floor for us, but I would still go better. Um, Tank Dell is up here. It ranks at 43. I think that's too high. I wouldn't take him in the first round or even early second, but I, I love the player, but maybe seems a little redundant now that you got Deontay Hardy and Trent Sheffield, Sherfield there. Um, Jack Campbell uh, ranked 44 linebacker out of Ohio or out of Iowa. Um, this one's a tough one for me because this is kind of what I'm talking about where it falls maybe a little bit out of where this is a bit of a reach, I think, at least in mock world uh this Mm -hmm. seems like a reach so this would be a a prime trade back candidate it's clearly the biggest need for the buffalo bills heading into the draft right now as middle linebacker and i have been kind of looking through this linebacking group uh for the draft and i see a lot of weak side linebackers i see a lot of package matchup type linebackers i don't see a lot of four down three down uh middle linebackers in this draft and jack campbell's it right he's the guy that you can plug in 
uh, as a rookie and be your middle linebacker for this defense. Maybe you could work Trent Simpson into it, but I still think he's maybe a little bit more of a athletic, you know, off ball weak side linebacker type guy. Uh, Jack Campbell to me is the fit. So this is, this comes down to, you probably have higher prospects that are more deserving of a first round pick, but you've got this guy sitting here. That's a need. I think yep. if we pass on him here, we're not going to leave this draft with him. Agreed. Um, and so those are the conversations the bills have to have, right? Like, Hey, we can't find a trade back partner. We're sitting here at 27. Uh, we got some guys on the board that can definitely make impacts at uh, maybe not positions that are of huge need for us, but they're higher end players. And then Jack Campbell saying here, and this could be our answer to Tremaine Edmonds here for the next at least five years, right? Um, getting him on this rookie deal in the first round. So I don't know. I'm torn for the sake of this one. Um, Here's how I feel about Jack Campbell elaborate, elaborating on what you said. The Bills' next pick is 59, and they're just, look, sometimes you want to trade down. Yeah, trading down to get into Jack Campbell or another player seems like a great idea in theory, but that there's no guarantee that a team's going to want to come up. There For might sure. not be a player at 27 that a team wants to come up and let you move down six, seven spots where you can still get the guy that you want. So let's sure. just assume, because we're not doing trades this we can't do it. let's assume we wanted, we tried. You're Brandon Bean. You tried to move down. You couldn't move down. And now Jack Campbell is the one three-down middle linebacker that you really like a lot over these first, you know, 60, 70 prospects or whatever have you. And you're not picking again the 59. So if you were to move up, you would have to probably move up significantly from 59. Like you'd have to move up a good probably anywhere from 10 to maybe even 20 spots into the second round if Jack Campbell would be your target. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I say for this first draft, uh, and where my head is at with needs and what I've seen how drafts fall. Um, I love Bijan Robinson. First of all, I want to say I am not opposed to taking a running back in the first round. I think that people that draw their lines and like that, the 27th pick is a lot different than the top 10. And I understand there's that fifth round or the fifth year option. And people want that on more prime positions like wide receiver, quarterback, edge rusher, things like that, where you get a bit of more cost control. I've always been of the notion if you have an opportunity to take a, a guy that has the potential to be like a top five running back in the NFL, and you can ride him into the ground for four or five years on that rookie deal, do it. Like you get a chance to have a real prolific player, um, maybe not as the big of a position as neat as it used to be, but this value here matches up for me in a big way. I would do that. I'm not going to do that today. I don't think um, if I have the say here and we're doing it, I would say, let's go ahead and reach for Jack Campbell, get that need out of the way. And we still got some other picks where we can fill in maybe not as high end of players as Zay Flowers or B. John Robinson, but I think we can still add to those rooms. All right. So we're going to select uh, Jack Campbell linebacker out of Iowa with this pick. Uh, we'll get it in and we'll get this moving along. We got a, I don't know, time allotment for, for Aaron today, about maybe 20 more minutes left. Uh, we'll blow Aaron. through it going in. Oh yeah. We'll blow that through first it. Again, once you get, most, once, yeah. yeah. Once you get to run, there's the most to talk out in the first round. And once there goes Mozzie Smith at 39, nah, your boy. Yep. So here's another gone. one, uh, at the pick 43 to the jets, Darnell Wright would be a guy that I would consider, uh, a tackle. Um, I was told by Connor Rogers, who covers the Jets for SNY Network, uh, at the Senior Bowl, he texted me and was like, dude, Brandon Bean is down here with the tackles, and he has not taken his eyes off uh, Darnell Wright at all. Like, he's just had his eyes on him the entire time. And so that would be another guy in a tradeback scenario. I know Brandon Bean has talked highly of Spencer Brown. I, 
I don't, yes. I, I would be happy to give him the type of competition that would maybe replace him. I, I'm not totally sold. So um, that would be another guy. Let's see who else has gone off the board here. Oh, Jesus. This one hurts a lot. I'm not going to lie. Uh, John Michael Schmitz going one pick before the bills here in our second round pick. This hurts me. This guy is my like biggest draft crush right now and biggest target because again, I am all for upgrading the guard spots. If that's, if he came in, if you drafted John Michael Schmitz and he beat out McGovern or Bates, that's a win for me. Like I don't, those guys haven't done anything to solidify their long-term starters here for me, but he's a center too. So that scenario you could get a guy in that maybe comes in and starts a guard maybe he doesn't maybe he comes in and he spells those guys and, and is a rotational guy we've had to use backup offensive linemen every single yeah. season right so i'm all for that too but in two years we don't know where uh mitch morse is going to be in his right. career we don't know what that's going to look out so having a guy in the reserves that can be a swing interior offensive lineman that can play center in a pinch that can play some guard in a pinch is a huge value to me. And it hurts me to see him go before the copy. So that would be one that we're going to keep an eye out on for as these drafts go on. Uh, Tank Dell still sitting here. Let's scroll down a little bit as to who's available. I want to point out too, while you're looking Darnell Washington, the tight end from Georgia is a guy I like, man. He's yeah. Big boy. He's it's almost like having Bobby Hart out there who can run routes and, and catch passes. And by that, I mean, Bobby Hart would often come in as, you know, that six offense alignment. So, mm-hmm. I think so he'd here's be a good fit. Scroll up a little bit. Uh, guys, I like here uh, down a little bit here. Syracuse's Matthew Bergeron. Uh, we heard from Matt Perino, who uh, had people at the Syracuse Pro Day saying that Cromer was putting Bergeron through workouts. Eric Turner confirmed that this is a Cromer type guy. Like he just matches the yeah. Cromer fit. This could be a tackle. This could be what exactly I'm saying in terms of that guy that can come in and do uh, push Spencer Brown for a spot. Uh, Carl Brooks is another one here. Um, Bowling Green edge. I like his size. I think that, you know, obviously people would be frustrated if we sent, spent another high pick on edge, but I think this is a guy that can do a little bit of outside inside stuff. Um, maybe you've given up on the boogie Basham idea. And this is the guy that comes in to replace that idea. Um, so would be sold on him. I would go Bergeron over him. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, I love, but I don't think he's a pick for the Bills here, but I loved him in Michigan. I think he's a top, a be- better back than shows here. Um, Jamie Robinson was maybe a target before safety got fixed. Um, scroll down a little bit here. Uh, Keanu Benton. This guy's a target for me in big way. Uh, interior defensive lineman. Again, I think has the size that the Bills are looking for at that position. Benton is a senior. He's 6'4", 315, projected right here in the second to third round. So this would also be a target. Sure. So, uh, Pat, for me right here with the guys that we're seeing available, I, I do also like Michael Wilson, the wide receiver from Stanford. Sneaky a little bit there. But for me right now, I would say it would be between Benton and Bergeron. And it comes down to need. Um, and where you're at. And I do think maybe Benton is more of a need in terms of the long-term viability at that position. But again, I think there's also a couple other guys I like and not so much a tackle. So I, my vote, vote in the second round would be to go with Bergeron, but I would also be happy uh, to get Benton off the board there. But All right. So for the sake gonna... of it, let's go defense offense. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a Q guy, man. Matthew Bergeron tackle from Syracuse goes to the Buffalo Bills in the second round. He's immediately challenging Spencer Brown for the starting right tackle position. You know, I don't want to see any Greg Van Rodens on the field next year. So I'm good with drafting as many offensive linemen as we need need to. So, uh, yeah, the worst case scenario is it's an upgrade from David Questenberry, right? 
Right. Yeah. 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 And look, there's still, by the way, I mean, we, we waited a week to get into this and we're talking as this is loading up, getting ready for the bills. Third round pick one thirty, uh, or 91. I'm sorry. Overall. Look, there's still going to be players at the bill side. I mean, some mm-hmm. of their own, you know, Shaq That's Lawson not. might be back. Jordan Phillips might be back. Sure. For sure. There's going to be guys back. Anyway, so the bills are on the clock. Puna Ford, uh, Greg, Greg is pushing for Puna Ford pretty hard. So you might get yeah, I've seen Ford, that. Yep, yep. Um, so Tank Dell went off right before us. That, what a great fit. That would be uh, in Dable's offense in New York. I love that. Um, let's see here. Scroll up a little bit. Jamie Robinson's off the board. Um, Carl Brooks, another guy that's a target of mine. Yeah, no, we're good. Um, Nobody really stands out that was gone. Keanu Benton went off at 70, so that that's a tough one to swallow. But here, let's look at what we got available to us here. So we are, we still got four picks left. Um, oh, I keep boy. I keep scrolling on my screen because I have this. Uh, <laughs> like, just I can also go by if you want to check out a position the way PFF is. I can also sure. lock, for lock now. Let's see what's here, and then maybe we'll go by position if sure. it starts to get a little hairy. Um, keep going. Nothing here really standing out to me. Uh, Luke Schumacher. This mm, would I've be heard a lot about him. Maker would be a guy again. Maybe I'm a little bit of a homer for Michigan, but uh, one thing that uh, Eric Turner and uh, Cover One is very good at is finding archetypes for the coaches, for the staff, for how the offense likes to run. He fits a lot of what they're trying to do in terms of the tight end position. I think he would provide you the ability to go 12 personnel. So right now he's probably my guy, but let's scroll down a little bit further here. See if anybody else is popping up to me. Jaden Reed. I like, I don't know where he cracks this wide receiver room though. I think I would take Schumacher over. Keep going down a little bit here. Um, Yeah. This is where you get into some weird spots uh, in terms of like need versus who's out there. Zach Kuntz is another tight end um, who I don't know if we would have the ability to wait on. He ranks at 125. The Bills don't pick again until 130. That would be pushing maybe in terms of this mock setup. Um, So let's go with the Michigan tight end and get that second tight end maybe off the board and push Quentin Morris so that maybe the Bills can get into some more 12 personnel. And I do think, I know, side topic, with a guy like Damian Harris, if he is going to be a running back on this team, if you can get into some 12 personnel and run out of uh, quarterback under center and get Gilliam in and have some bigger bodies and get a run game going like that, I think that's where a guy like Harris would thrive in this offense is some more short yardage, first down, early down, we're in 12 personnel, and then we've run some play action off of it and get Dawson Knox out in space and, you know, add Gabe Davis as a run blocking guy and get him out in space. So um, I think getting to 12 personnel has been a thing that bills fans have really wanted over the last few years. And you haven't seen it happen, uh, but maybe this is a year where we see them actually invest in that tight end position again uh, to get there. So it feels like good. It feels like really good value with, with, with that pick yeah. a, a tight end for Michigan in the third round. All right. So the bills are on the clock here round yep. uh, four pick one thirty. Uh, we'll scroll up, see if there's any guys that kind of, I don't know how to say his name, bit. Michigan guy. I just call him. OO. Um, the center out of Michigan. I know mm-hmm. uh, he didn't interview well with Eric when Eric was at the senior bowl. He had, he actually seemed like super disinterested, which was a bit of a turnoff, but where you're at here, what are we in the fourth round? I take away around the guy. I think he's a good rotational two starting caliber offensive lineman. Uh, dude, if I could have, um, if Andrew Voorhees falls here in the fourth round, I would take a waiver on that. I would run up to the podium to take away from that guy hurt himself here in the draft process at the combine towards ACL still went out and worked out, still went out and lifted weights. This would be, you've like you said, you've signed McGovern, you have Bates. 
that's okay. We can roll into the season with that, right? Sure. Um, but I would add this as a, hey, sit on a shelf for a year, recover, and then next year will be your rookie year. We'll bring you in as that rotational guy, maybe a backup guy, and then long-term, you become the starter. Uh, like He should probably be a, a high second-round pick. That injury's pushing down here. So future mocks, if that happens where he falls here, I'm going to run to the podium to take him. But um, yeah, keep scrolling up. Nobody... I'm real sad about um so let's see Patterson's in a Giants, Notre Dame guard. Um, yeah, you know that guard that you were talking about from Michigan. This mock has him going to Baltimore, which means he will turn out to be a great offensive lineman, of course. Right. I don't know. I think Baltimore's in trouble. We'll see. Um yeah, could be. Yeah, I'm not mad about anything else here. So let's keep going. Let's look. We've got a bunch of names I don't recognize already over here. Um on, keep going down. This is where I get a little iffy, uh, sure. Pat, for me. Um, see, we would have Zach Hoons fell here, uh, would have been a fit. Yep, I, I'm not upset about it. Uh, where you ended up here, yeah. This How do you feel? Uh, you know, re real quick here, mm -hmm. not to get off topic because this could be related year after year. The Bills are going after one year stopgap veteran, uh, backup quarterbacks of Josh Allen. Sure. How would you feel about maybe using a pick between maybe? rounds four through six on a quarterback that you might be able to develop into a four year, maybe even resign the guy afterwards, a long-term backup um, quarterback, or do you just feel like this is the way to go continuing to just sign veterans right now yeah. to, to play behind Josh? You're good with that. You don't want a young backup to develop, right? Not at this point in Josh's career anyway, not at this point in the career. And I wouldn't do it in round four. It would be a, like take a waiver on a guy later with some traits, maybe sure. a guy you can tuck on your practice squad type of a player. Um, yeah, any, I would uh, any of these defensive, uh, yeah, go to the interior, yeah, go to the interior defensive line for a second for me. Um, did that switch over? Yeah, okay. Uh, and so where are we picking next? 137. Yeah, this is a tough spot too because you're at 130, 137. I think I want to get uh, Broderick Martin on this team, but I think maybe we wait for mm -hmm. a second, uh, switch over to wide receiver. For a second, see if there's. Oh, I gotta get rid of. <laughs> see, I'm so good. It's first time I've used. I know. I hate. That. I do that all the time. All right. So yeah, we're looking at wide receivers for people listening right no. now and not watching. No, 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 not that. Oh, I do like Ronnie Bell. Maybe later on. Um, keeps. Let's see what's uh, guard look like. You know, I also want to point out too while we're searching around here, we'll go to interior offensive line next. Is that. I've noticed with PFF, their rankings seem to be really different than like CBS or the Draft Network. Yeah, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying PFF seems to have really different rankings. Everyone does, really yeah. fluctuates. I you know, but I mean, like if you notice really though, good. you can set this to what the board I think we're using. You can skew the board to public or PFF side. I think we're yeah, like yeah. somewhere in the middle. I saw. Yeah, we're we're in the middle, pretty much in the um, middle at this point. Yeah, dude, none of that. I hate this pick. Um. All right, go back to the main list. Sorry. You're good. This is this is part of the fun here, man. Yeah, the let's exercise. scroll down a little bit here. Keep going. I do like Yasir Abdullah. Um, I think we could do that. Let's go Yasir Abdullah and Edge. This isn't going to be a guy that comes in and blows you away, but I think could be a rotational part of that Edge sure. room. I, I think we need more of it. I know people don't want to invest in it, but... AJ Evanes is going in his last year of his contract, too, so... Yeah. 
And uh, Joe Miller brought up a great point like last week in terms of Epinesa and Basham. I'm a little bit higher on them than maybe most people are, but still you don't want that with Von Miller potentially out until again, Thanksgiving, right? Like there's a real chance he could go a full sure. year in his recovery. You're talking about those guys getting like a legitimate amount of your snaps. And I would rather have it be a rotation. Um, so anyways, we'll take him there. Okay. Um, so we took a defensive end from Louisville. We got two more picks left. We're here. Pick 137 and let's go back to that five. interior defensive line. Oh yeah. I don't, I, I don't think anyone we missed out on. We kind of, right. So we um, took the Azir Abdullah, by the way. Yeah. So you want to go back to an interior defensive line here? Um, right there. All right. So here we go. All right. And then scroll down and just take my guy, Broderick Martin. We're going to walk away with him. This might be, he might be my cam. Cam Taylor Britt this yeah. year. Roderick be. Martin, uh, interior defensive lineman from Western Kentucky is the pick. And now uh, the Bills. Now we're going to be waiting for a while. We're going all the way to 205. Yeah. So Roderick Martin, thinking... just so you guys know, is a uh, Western Kentucky senior, 6'5", 330 pounds. Wow, big um, boy, man. That's a big boy. And this is what, you know, Greg's been really advocating for this. And I think with the loss of a Tremaine Edmonds, um, not exactly sure what you're going to do at that linebacker position, but say it's Terrell Bernard. Right. Like, uh, I, I think Tyrell Dotson maybe has the edge going into OTAs just from a veteran standpoint. The Bills tend to give the veteran the edge. Uh, but I think picking Terrell Bernard in the third round wasn't an accident. I, I think there was some foresight to it for how they intend to use him and how they saw that Tremaine Edmonds contract coming up. But he's undersized. Right. And now you're going to have two undersized guys in Milano and Bernard. So if you're going to do that, that's OK you better keep them clean. And it's going to require some big bodies and an influx of big bodies in that, especially in the interior. Um, I, you know, when it comes to linebacker, I think Brandon Bean's just going to have a patient approach. He obviously yeah. didn't go out and want any of these veteran guys. He's going to look to the draft, but you also have the trade route. Maybe they don't get Jack Campbell or a guy that they really like in the draft. He's still got several months to find a starter. I don't think For it's sure. going to be Terrell Dotson at the end of the day is basically what I'm saying here. For sure. Yeah. All right, so we're here in the in, in the sixth round, which for the Bills is their last pick. Yep, going right at the top. So we'll start at the best uh, player available. Sure, so we'll scroll, scroll down a little bit little here bit. for me. There's a guy that I'm gonna have. Oof, Ronnie Bell sitting there. I love Ronnie Bell. I don't know why everyone is so low on him. Um, why? Well, yeah, he's really productive, man. Dude, even draft Twitter isn't high on Ronnie Bell. And again, it, this might be my Michigan fan bias, but pre his injury, he was like the most electric athlete on that team. Um punt returner uh did a lot as a receiver just seemed to always be open big deep threat he did have an injury but he came back toughed it out had a really nice productive season again and the quarterback play at michigan has not been good right like harbaugh has a decent run offense he's got that run pass option they've had fantastic running backs and good offensive line but the passing game hasn't been great i don't know i think people are sleeping on ronnie bell so that's a maybe right now but let's scroll down because there's a guy here i just can't stop taking late um, and I, he's got to be still available, but I'm not seeing him here. Can you just go to ooh, Puka Nakua, uh, the wide receiver out of BYU, another mm -hmm. sneaky wide receiver here late that we might be taking a time or two. Um, but can you go to safety real quick for me? Cause he might not pull up here and we might have to reach, um, in terms of, uh, safeties. All right, here we go. Brandon Hill. Brandon safety Hill Pittsburgh. Just take him. Um, the future of safety position is in flux for the Buffalo Bills beyond here this next year or two, right? Micah Hyde will need an extension to be part of the safety tandem going into the following year. Um, Jordan Poyer could fall off at any point. We're glad to have him back, but he could fall off. He's at that age where stuff can happen or maybe the injuries just continue to linger on. 
Uh, the unknown of DeMar Hamlin adds a bit of a wrinkle to this. The unknown of can Christian Benford transition to safety? We don't know. You need somebody there. And I think he could provide special teams ability. Um, Pitt defensive backs transition to the Bills defense really well. People can say what they want about Dane Jackson, but he came in and played pretty solid uh, in terms of a guy that's lacking athleticism that can fit your defense. Brandon Hill will be the same way. Go watch his highlights. The dude brings a hammer every single play where he's got a chance to hit you. He's going to give you every ounce of his body weight into that head. I just like him. He's a guy that I like. I think he could be a low end or a decent special teams player and a fine rotational safety at some point within this defensive scheme. Before we run off the, the Bills picks here and sign off, I do want to say, but John Robinson was there um, in the first round for the Bills. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think I don't think he's going to last to 27. I think he's going to go somewhere in the late teens to early 20s. But God, man, if he is there, it's going to get wild with Bills. We'll, we'll pick him in one of these drafts. We got. Six yeah, I'm, I'm sure we will, and then it's going to be nuts. All right, let's recap our uh, our uh, Bills mock draft. Our first one here, first round, 27th overall. We went Jack Campbell, linebacker. From Iowa, round two, we got Matthew Bergeron to tackle from Syracuse, round three. Luke Schumacher, uh, the, the Michigan tight end. I like that pick a lot. Round four, defensive end, uh, Yasir Abdul from Louisville. Uh, round five, Broderick Martin, a defensive interior lineman from Western Kentucky. And then we wrap this first mock with safety Brandon Hill. From they do it, not like PFF our, gave us a, a grade of C. I'm, that's because not like we, our pick that, of Jack Campbell. Well, it's because of Jack Campbell. Yeah, they and the Broderick Martin seems yeah. like they think that's a reach. So yeah, PFF gave us a D for Jack Campbell and a D for uh, Broderick Martin. Best pick according to them, Matthew Bergeron. I got a D for PFF if they want it too. <laughs> I like this first mock though. I, I think this was a good. very we 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 really zeroed in on needs. I feel like like these first three guys for sure can come in and have roles immediately. So mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I think you could get potentially in this draft, you could get three immediate needs and three guys that could come in and play teams and be rotational players. And to me, that's a win where your roster is at right now. Just again, filling in the back end. All right. So we're, we're going to wrap this up. Like I said, well, a couple of these mocks, we will do some uh, trades as well. Make sure you follow Aaron on Twitter at Aaron Quinn, seven, one, six, um, yeah, follow you on Twitter because you you'll know they can find out when your show is going to be with Greg because like you said Greg is traveling for uh for the time being. So Yes, I'm going I think this week uh I'm going to hop on Greg Thompson's show on Friday night and just talk a little Bills, talk maybe a little bit Yukon Huskies basketball because it is March Madness and uh be the my first time guesting with Greg. That's awesome, man. All right guys, that's going to do it for today. Make sure uh Thursday night live Imperial Pizza I'm going to have Matt Perino with me. Um, thanks one more time, Aaron. Good to have you on the show, buddy. Appreciate it, buddy. All right, guys. Talk to you later.